Hello, everyone. This is DJ Mel for Real Podcast. Yes, that is right. This is DJ Mel for Real Podcast. And this year, host J Mel coming at you on fire today with a bunch of awesome free agency news. And oh, not even free agency news. All this happens the week before free agency. What about it, Mr. Joshua Rarig? Like, what, what is going on? It's like they didn't get the memo that the league year started on the 16th. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, you know, to be honest, it's been probably one of the craziest sports weeks that I've had in a long time. We got MLB. We have MLB free agency, as well as the NFL market going insane at the exact same time. Yeah, like I, I've, I've paid attention to free agency in the past. I don't, I, I don't remember. Um, I, I don't remember a year quite with this level of high profile trades um you know maybe there has been and i just wasn't paying attention that year like i I don't know this was this was also my birthday week too so it's one of those things where it's kind of like you know maybe maybe i always missed a few because of that and i'm just paying a little more attention this year but this feels like it's a a lot of high profile players that we're getting some level of news on this week um it's it's just kind of it doesn't stop there's a new story every single day whether positive or negative Right. And it's just, it's been fun though. It's been a, it's been a fun little journey trying to track everything this uh, this week. And if anybody was actually able to keep track of everything going on, God bless you. Okay. I think, I think this is, I believe it all started with the franchise tag of David, uh, of David Njoku uh, on Monday. And then it rolled into Aaron Rodgers coming to terms with the, uh, coming to terms with, um, on a big contract with the Packers on Tuesday, then Russell Wilson getting traded to the Broncos an hour or so later, then Aaron Rodgers uh, announcing that the terms that they came to are, on, are were fake on Twitter a year, at, uh, an hour after that, that, uh, you know, <laughs> so, but saying that he's committed to stay with the Packers, right around that time, Devontae Adams gets tagged. Uh, then somewhere in there, I don't know the, there, there was a Mike Williams signing in there for the Chargers. There was, there was a tag of Dalton Schultz. There was a tag of Mike Gusecki. There was a trade of Khalil Mack to the, uh, to, to the, uh, to the, to the Los Angeles Chargers to be opposite Joey Bosa. That I think was the Bobby Wagner release. Then I believe yeah, it was Sean so. Watson was cleared of uh, criminal charges. Then I believe it was. Then it was the Blake Jarwin and Greg Zerline release. And we wake up today. Well, I wake up today because I work overnights to find out that Mari Cooper isn't getting cut. He's getting traded to the Browns. And Jarvis Landry may be going from getting cut to being restructured. Did I miss anything? Oh, wait, no. Somewhere in here, Kirksey got re-signed by the Houston Texans. And uh, I don't know if this is their last week or this week, but uh, Chris Godwin got franchise tagged. Chris Godwin got franchise tagged, and somebody franchise tagged the tackle. Um, wow. Who was it? And the Colts have agreed that they're going to – that they will not be pursuing Eric Fisher. We, we, we got that out there too. Um, yeah, here, say, say something did, on one of them did, while did, I figure did, out who the offensive lineman was. 
Uh, I think actually probably one of the bigger moves in, isn't the Russell Wilson trade. I think that Carson Wentz trade was sneaky big. Oh, I, I, I missed think, Carson you know, Wentz trade at all. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to call you out for it. I was just going to make the listener think that they missed it. Um, the Carson Wentz trade, I think, was really big, not only for the Colts, but also for the Commanders. I think it says the Colts are either in the market for a quarterback or they really like what they've got. And I don't think it's that they really like what they got. And then, <clears throat> sorry. And then you really look at uh, Washington. And basically, I feel like that's it's sad once because I feel like Washington made it and you're like, okay, all the other quarterbacks that we wanted are gone. So we're going to take you. We're stuck with you. So that's what we're going to do. Now, do you really, uh, I guess, I guess we'll start with the commanders, even though it's, this isn't nearly as high profile as some of the other ones, in my opinion. Uh, do you really believe Wentz is an upgrade over Heineke? I think Wentz has more of a maturity than Heineke. I think Heineke's probably got a bigger, got a better upside. From, but I think they were looking for upside. I think they were looking for a veteran that can help lead the team. And if you're looking for a guy that can lead the team and is grounded and able to his emotions – then, yeah, I, I think Wentz is a huge upgrade there. I, uh, I'll i say this. Wentz is going to be a weight-round grab for me in every fantasy league that I can get him in. Uh, like I said, the weight round. Because I, I want to see what it is. I, I want to take the flyer on Carson Wentz this year. Okay. Uh, I'm – yeah. I, I'm not sure that, you know, that, that I – I like Taylor Heineke probably more than I should. And not, not that I, not, not that I really like, not that I think he's a great quarterback or anything, but it's just one of those things where like it does Wentz have a guarantee that he's, uh, that he's going to be the starter or is he going to, or is he competing with Heineke for, for the starter role? Like, like there's, I mean, I guess if you give up that many draft picks, you're going to be the starter, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and then what happens when Wentz inevitably gets injured, like he does every year? Heineke comes in and does better with the team that Wentz than Wentz was doing. Like to me, it feels kind of. And uh, one thing, we, the one thing we forgot to tell the listeners is clearly we called the Aaron Rodgers. We even exact time frame it was going to all unfold at. Yeah, Aaron, buddy, we know you're listening. Uh, you're clearly taking our advice. So reach out on Twitter, Facebook. You know, I'm sure you can have your people find us. Yeah, we'll take back everything we ever said about you being toxic if you decide that you're going to be on this show for uh, for one week. And and we'll sing your praises like the Pat McAfee show does. How about that? Aaron, Aaron I will be I, – I love you more than Pat McAfee. Trust me. Yeah. And that's a lot. And that's only if you McAfee, do one Pat show with us. You don't have to do a weekly spot. Yeah, just one time, man. Just one time. You show up, we're, it's all good. All right. Uh, a few other so, news that, that I definitely uh, that I definitely uh, did not cover. Uh, we have we've had official releases on Carlos Hyde and Terry Cohen. Uh, Max Crosby did earn the big contract so, uh, this week, so he is going to be a Raider for a uh, for a little while, and then uh, we also have. Um, uh, Raheem Mostert passing the physical. Not that he has a team or anything, but he passed the physical. And in addition to Watson being uh, um, uh, acquitted on felony charges, Jeff Gladney has also been acquitted on felony charges too. 
So, um, I think oh, that, and uh, we didn't and touch on it. All of the um, all of the offensive linemen uh, and stuff has been teams not not going to pursue and uh, not going to pursue. Uh, very quietly, the 49ers signed uh, quarterback Nate Studfield to a one-year deal, also too. Uh, Corey Littleton got cut. Uh, Dixon got uh, Riley Dixon got cut. Yeah, it's yeah. So some smaller news there too. Uh, what were you going to say, Mr. Eric? Uh, I just have two things. One, the Giants were able to restructure their punter. Uh, apparently, <laughs> that saved a million and a half dollars on the uh, cat. That, uh, that one, it, I it looks like it looks like he got cut in the end. Okay, sorry. So I guess he couldn't restructure, and they come. They restructured Sterling Shepard, and then uh, we got to talk for a second. We we've actually got to do it. I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to let it fly. The fact that Calvin Ridley has a longer suspension than somebody that knocked their girlfriend unconscious, or you know, in the Ray Rice situation, or Greg Hardy who beat a pregnant woman and then threw her onto a bed with loaded firearms. The fact that that gets you four years in the NFL, but gambling gets you a full year is ridiculous. It's a huge double standard on the part of the league. Like, it, But, you know, we're kind of used to there being a double standard in football at this point in time. It's just kind of stupid. It's like, ah. Oh. You I know, get the arguments of the integrity of the game, uh, bullcrap and all that, because, you know, Rid- Ridley might have been throwing games to win money. Uh, I, I don't I, no, I, I actually don't get it the game, I, the game bet on, he wasn't even a participant yeah so you know it's not baseball just went through a 106 day lockout and somehow their commissioner isn't the stupidest commissioner we're talking about this week yep, yep. yeah uh, uh, it, it's one of those Goodell wins it again. Goodell 100% wins it again. Yeah, it's one of those situations that you look at and you honestly think that Roger Roger Goodell has to be trying to be this freaking stupid, right? Yeah, and and the worst thing about it is Ridley's not just suspended for one year. It's a minimum of one season. Right, there's no way he's actually this dumb, is there? I don't. I, I have no clue. Like, I, I don't know how you. Uh, I, I don't know how in a game that he's not playing, betting against your team. Like, I, I don't know how that gets you a sixteen plus game, uh, a seventeen plus game suspension. I, I don't get it at all. Uh, especially when right. various other things that uh, have been going on, things that are a much bigger black guy. Like, uh, honestly, you probably could have slapped him with a a two-game suspension, swept it under the carpet after that, and nobody would be complaining about it. Instead, you now have you, you now have people speculating all over the place and, you know, calling out the obvious ones, uh, call, calling out the, uh, the, uh, the Hardys and the Rices and the Hunts and the, you know, so on and so forth, go down the list. It, it's kind of like, yeah, no. There is a very clear double standard. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say beyond that. Like, I, I don't have anything intelligent to add. Like, 
we all know that uh, you get what I'm saying. It's more dumbfounding for me than than it is anything else. Yeah, I mean, it it really just goes to the whole thing that uh, one commissioner can have a lockout and the other commissioner still finds a way to be dumber. Yeah. But let's not give the baseball commissioner too much of a free pass. <laughs> um, but this is not a show to talk about him. This is a show to talk about Goodell and uh, uh, other antics like that. So, but yeah. Um, yeah so, but uh, division to cover. So let's let's go ahead and slide into those. All right. What? What? Uh, I, I mit, kind of missed what you just said, but let, let's let, let's talk about whatever you're going to talk Sorry. about. <laughs> I was going to say let's let's fly into the actual subject of this show, and we have, uh, I believe, four remaining divisions. Is that what we've got left? Yeah, we have four remaining uh, divisions. We're going to uh, go about th uh, through all of them, you know, uh, as quickly as possible. A, a lot of a lot of the news we just covered plays into multiple of those teams in some way or another. So uh, I, I do apologize that we did not, we're not doing these uh, divisions separate, but the truth is it, it, it's kind of like everything was changing way too much this week. And any show that we would have released earlier this week would have had inaccurate information by this current point in time. Um, so, but you know, what, one of the questions that maybe I should, uh, and maybe I should ask around for this, but you know, when it really comes down to it, when, when I see when I see something falling apart, or when I see something coming together rapidly, or you know, et cetera, I, I like to wait to see what the final product looks like most of the time. Heck, I, you know, just just the fact that the Aaron Rodgers thing happened the way it happened, and I released a uh, I released a TikTok video before the second part of the news came out, and I, I was jumped all over by. Uh, a couple of people on TikTok for that, and it's and I'm thinking to myself, well, you clearly didn't look at the timestamp, but TikTok really isn't the timestamp social media. So it's one of those things. I took the old video down and I put a new one up, and I was like, I, I'm just going to have some patience with this week and let it develop, because clearly we looked at one thing leading to another the whole week, uh, and I'm sure that by the time uh, you hear the show, something on it will no longer be the way it was with that said enough has happened at, at this point in time to where you just can't continue to let it build up right so let us dive in for a quick look at the afc uh afc south um uh, we, we've got the news from the colts that obviously they traded away carson wentz they are not going to be coming to terms with Eric fisher uh there so now we're looking at they might need a they might be in the market for some uh, for some help on the offensive line. They're clearly in the market for a quarterback. Let's start there. Um, it's pretty obvious that Deshaun Watson's not going to get traded in division. So when we're when we're looking at that, uh, and, and you know what, while we're on this, you know, let's address the monkey in the room right off the bat. Uh, because obviously I have set, uh, mentioned his name three times now without any form of tangent. And, you know, it's just another thing where maybe I'm just getting too jaded at this point in time. But what, what can 
you, it, what can you really say other than wait? Like, as someone, as someone who, as someone who believes in uh, in God, when his most recent Twitter post in a year says, "When you stand on the truth, the Lord will set you free," capping the words "truth, Lord, and free." The Lord he's referring to there specifically says that he will not be mocked and says not to test the uh, Lord your God. As far as I'm concerned, I don't have to be his, I don't have to say anything else about him anymore. He opened himself up to some really bad situations if he's not telling the truth. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And I hope he gets what he deserves, whatever that may be. So I'm going to leave the Watson crap like that at this point in time because the because the grand jury decided that there are no felony charges. Okay, so so from here on in, I will be talking about Watson in a way in which uh, because he because he's relevant to the show from a trade talk perspective. Uh, a few things to cover though, like he has not been cleared of misdemeanor charges. He can still face the civil suits and he more than likely is still getting hit with a uh, game suspension. And there will be a downtick in viewership because he, uh, in Texan games because, uh, in, in games because he is around. Um, it's pretty clear that, you know, when you see, well, well, just going over Twitter, if you start to look at the demographics of who's saying what about him, uh, it's very clear that there is a major audience that is going to be lost as a result of him being on the field, whether he is completely acquitted of everything or not. So, but he's relevant to the show because we have some teams that need some quarterbacks. With that said, he's not relevant to the Colts portion. You would agree with that. There's no way he's getting traded in division, right? Right. I agree. So the Colts still need a quarterback. What are you thinking? Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubitsky, uh, Jameis Winston. Like, what, what are we looking at? So I think... Uh... Either way here, the Colts are probably going with one of two San Francisco quarterbacks. Uh, <clears throat> I think you have to you have to agree that uh, GG is probably relevant to them, right? I think Jimmy G would actually work with what they have. I think that when you have Jonathan Taylor as, as the stud on the offense, bringing in someone like Jimmy G and reshoring up that offensive line probably puts the Colts right back into contention. So the other one that I have is actually coming from the Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Star. Okay. The newspaper that, that they have beat writers for the Colts. And they're re- they are reporting that the Colts are apparently interested in Colin Kaepernick. Very interesting. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure if, I mean, I don't want to get into any of the political stuff, so let's keep it out of that. Well, yeah, but, but, let's let's ask the fair question. How old is Colin Kaepernick now? He is in his age 35 season. 
So he's senile at this point. He's not your future guy. He could be your right now type guy for a team that thinks there's that style of quarterback away. I don't think the Colts I almost feel style. like I, I guess it's early enough in the offseason to when I hear the name Colin Kaepernick at this current point in time, I, I'm not even in reference to football, I'm not even thinking the political stuff. I'm thinking the Tim I'm thinking the Tim Tebow jersey shale, uh jersey sale shenanigans that went on just to ultimately have him cut when they were trimming down the final roster. To me, Kaepernick yeah. sounds more like a publicity stunt to sell jerseys. And I okay. know that I know that people are going to be very upset that uh, that comparison there. But I would really hope that anybody who was on, on the calling the Tebow thing a publicity stunt from the start is going to be doing the same thing with Kaepernick. You know, actually being consistent, actually not having a double standard, because what business does a player have coming back to the league after being absent for eight to 12 years, however long it is? If it's not to sell jerseys more than anything. Right. It's been five years, and I don't think he's a guy that you. He's not a guy you can invest long term in, right? So what? Oh, has it only been five? My apologies. I I thought that it was. Been, I thought it's been a little. It's, yeah, don't. It's only been five, but what point does he serve playing for you at this point? I don't know. At five years, maybe it's a little bit different. Um, can we? Can we think of a player that has followed this narrative, left the league for five years, and then come back? Like. I don't know. If they want to go through that, by all means, they they, they can go through that. The only one I have that left the league for this kind of a time frame and then came back to play is a Mike Vick-level character. You know, and when Vick got back, man, he was not good. Well, okay, he wasn't Mike Vick, but he was still serviceable, right? Right. But if you watch that, uh, if you watch the, have you seen the Colin Kaepernick video that he posted two days ago? Yeah, there, but there's there's no pads. There's no one on the field with him. Like, it's. Right. But it, my point is, though, there's no pads, nobody on the field with him, no defense, and he still looked mediocre. I feel like if you're going to, if you're a team and you're going to take a shot on a mediocre quarterback, why not take a shot on a mediocre college kid that you can. You have for a long time. Well, you. you know why? Because the Colts, a, a lot of people still believe that the Colts are a quarterback away from real contention. I I am actually one of those people. So, so really when it comes down to it, it's kind of like, uh, and, and I get that I, at the beginning of the segment said that uh, the, the Jimmy G thing could work. Mainly because Jimmy G is has been to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I don't know. It, is there any quarterback still available that you think potentially puts the Colts over the top? You're not gonna like it. Who? 
Deshaun. He's not getting traded in division. The Texans are not going to sign up to face Deshaun twice so, a year. So that they could feasibly get. So what about Daniel Jones? I think I like Gardner Minshew more than Daniel Jones. Well, we'll get to this later too, but later on we need to talk about we got another running we got a running back thing to discuss. But yeah, so with Colt, I think they need to do they need to solve this quarterback problem before it before Taylor and then take too many hits. I mean, yeah. One, so who do you have? I don't do have a guy. Have I don't have a solution for the Colts. That, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Like, you, you can build this. Yes, you can build this offensive line. You have the money. You can build this offensive line back in the free agency. So, you know, um, the, the numbers have gotten all jumbled around. But, but the Colts should have enough to uh, to replace an Mission on that line. I, I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. The Colts uh, should have enough to bring in, a, in an edge rusher on top of that, too. But really, when it comes down to it, I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking this team, and I feel that come near the end of the year, we're going to be talking about how the Colts were just, are, are are just a star quarterback away from being in true contention again. Um, and I don't see an easy fix for that with anything. Like I, I'm not. So the question is: Is this team better suited for a game manager? Like. Uh, well, is Jimmy G even a game manager? No. Is this team better suited for a Jameis Winston type or a game manager type? So here's my question. Do you have a guy out there like um, Desmond, Riddler, uh, Desmond Riddler from Cincinnati? Okay. Coming into the league, coming into this league this year. And then you have Sam Howell, both quarterbacks, both slated to be second round picks. Then you have Matt Carroll. He's a there, he's also slated to be a first, early, second rounder. Do you, would you, if you're the Colts, would you say, okay, the whole world thinks we need a quarterback, but here we, we're going to wait second round and grab one of these day two guys because you have Riddler, right? Riddler can win you games, he'll lose you games. But then you have like guys like Sam and Carson Strong out there that are Jimmy G already. So why why wouldn't you just wait till the draft and take your next quarterback that way? Because you could get a second round quarterback a lot cheaper than talking about getting some guys or and you don't trade any capital away to pick up any and trade. Because you're wasting the prime of Jonathan Taylor. Okay. And and granted, you don't need Jonathan Taylor to win a Super Bowl. Like when we look at the running backs who have won Super Bowls over the last decade or so, uh, there's not a ton of teams that have had that uh, that that must have elite running backs. So so maybe you know it's so so maybe it's not even uh, fair to say you're wasting Jonathan Taylor. Maybe you should focus on developing a, a quarterback uh, into your quarterback of the future. Um, but it's it's not just it's it's not just Jonathan Taylor though. It's the Forrest Buckner. It's Darius Leonard. It's it's Quinn and Nelson. It's it's a very veteran team. Um, but flip side of that is it didn't work last year with Wentz. It didn't work the year before with Rivers. So maybe some young blood is what's needed after all. Um, 
I'm saying this. I'm not sure where the Colts are going with this. If it's Colin Kaepernick, good for them. If it's Jameis Winston, I, I honestly I don't think it's Jameis Winston because I, I I have Winston somewhere else at this point in time. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty much sticking with the uh, Winston to Pittsburgh thing. So um, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen. To be completely honest. So so with that said. Um, it just feels like it's not going to be exciting enough, whether it's Minshew, whether it's Trubisky, whether it's – and the Colts are going to be entering – or whether it's a rookie. Um, and I just realized the Colts are the north, not the south. No, no, they are the south. Never mind. <laughs> well, brain fart for a moment. They are the south for some reason. We haven't covered the Titans yet at all in this show? Oh, no, I guess we haven't. Um, I guess we'll use that to transition to the Titans. Um, other than building back an offensive line, is there any priority for the Titans in this free agency period? Like, they didn't upgrade Tannehill. There is no upgrade for Tannehill available at this current point in time. Um, it's We're kind of just waiting for the franchise tag to get slapped on the Harold Landry, right? Yeah. And then they go to the offensive line and free agency. Is there is there any is there anything else the Titans should be doing right now? I don't really know where Titans. Where do you see? I don't think there's really a free agent out there that makes the Titans that better. Do you? No, I mean, it doesn't. You know, the truth is, this team dealt with a lot more injuries than any anyone really realized last year. Still managed to clinch the one seed. Uh, yes, I, I, I know that there has been talks of choking in the playoffs, but, you know, we covered this when we talked about the Packers. It's kind of like e- even even bringing everyone else back. Like, you, you can't control what's going to – with free agency, you can't control what's going to happen in the divisional round of the playoffs. You can control where you are in the playoff picture. And I, I'm not sure that, you know, with the healthy Derrick Henry, with, with the healthy receiver core, yeah, you, you cut a Julio Jones to and maybe bring in a, another younger wide receiver, maybe another two younger wide receivers to uh, free up, you know, to, to, to free up some space, whatnot. Uh, the Titans, uh, I mean, Titans are probably going to have to cut Julio either way because they're currently over the cap. Um, but the, the Titans also have a bunch of useless players on their team that, that, um, th- th- that they can cut that haven't provided for them that give them a lot of money if they do so. I'm not really too concerned about it. Um, there, there is no player available that's definitely going to get them from having the first round by to the AFC title game. When you note that right now, uh-huh. why wouldn't you just bring it back and make the offensive line a little better? Yeah, to, to me, that's that's kind of the answer I go with. Maybe you may, like, and the only thing I could say is maybe add a little more depth. So in running back, so you can take some of that away from, <clears throat> so you could take some of those carries away from Derrick Henry. Yeah. But, you know, but it, really I don't see it. I don't see a massive pressing need for them, except for figuring out a way to keep Henry upright and take alleviating some of the burden that he has to face by himself. 
but that's also not uh, beginning of free agency headline making moves. So those are it, it's it's how the Titans build the roster past the the big name free agents. So it's going to be a process that they're going to be doing throughout the offseason. But for the purpose of the show, there's really not anything to talk about with the Titans except for franchise tag Harold Landry. So moving right along to our next team, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. um, uh, They need wide receivers. They need tight ends. They need help on the offensive line. The defense is actually kind of solid. They're it's. Okay, give me a name or two that that you you could really help think that the Jaguars make the big step with. Like I, I've heard, like Allen Robinson to the Jaguars and a few other things like that. Um, is it as simple as it being the second? Like a lot of the Jaguars comes down to, in my opinion, it comes down to uh, we're gonna have a healthy SDN in the backfield of Robinson. We're going to have a year or two Trevor Lawrence. It, it's just about keeping this guy upright and getting him weapons to throw to at this current point in time, right? Yeah, because their defense even held up a little pretty well last year. So they have to go offensive line here, I think, right? And so here, here's the other question that I have for you. It's a, Would you – how much do you trust ETN coming back off an Achilles? You ha- between Robinson and ETN, which I, I get it that they're both hurt right now and that they're both recovering this offseason. I'm not, I'm not going for a running back at this current point in time when I have as many needs as I do, and I have two running backs that could potentially both be the guy. Hmm. And they're about to draft the, you know, the number one offensive lineman in the college football. Yeah. With that first overall pick. So I feel like just grabbing another offensive lineman or two, you know, spend some money there. Because if you you spent the first overall pick on Lawrence, which means you still believe in him. Whether you yeah. actually do or not, you still believe in him. One hundred percent. Like you, you, there there is no going away from it. Uh, you, you get him a few veteran wide receivers to really help shore the whole thing up, like um and, you know, I get it, a lot of big ones came off the board, but there, there are still some very, very reliable veterans. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, when, when the Jets part ways with him. What about a Jamison Crowder? What about a, um, um, the, the, there's Juju, there's, I don't know, I am brain farting on some on some veterans uh, really quick. Uh, They are talking Allen Robinson. I know that we both believe that Aaron Robinson is, might be on the finish side of his career, but many popular free agent lists still have him listed pretty high on them. Um, I don't know if you wanted to, when you already have Robinson or um, uh, an FDN struggling with injury coming back, I don't know if you want to be a part of uh, OBJ. So I'm, I'm looking down the list. It's kind of like, yeah, it's for that true veteran presence that does a, does Michael Gallup provide? 
do you think he's better off with veterans or do you think he's better off with uh high-end weapons well isn't Gallup also coming back from an injury too yeah man a lot of the good wide receivers on the list are coming back from an injury so like i feel like if you're already playing with your two running backs you can't really play around with the wide receiver either what about zach Ertz? I like Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz has that uh, the veteran mentality. He can he can probably help the kid out and help him figure out a thing or two. So. I, th- I think Zach Ertz seems like a nice fit. Um, Manuel Sanders and his wife. Uh, hold on, back to Zach Ertz real quick. His wife currently plays for the uh, NWSL Tampa team. Huh. So Jacksonville actually makes a lot more sense there. When you think about the fact that his wife is based out of Florida, yeah, uh, yeah, just saying. And their seasons don't coincide, so <clears throat> so she's playing spring, summer. He's playing fall, winter. Probably be nice to uh, live in the same state as your wife for you know an extra couple months. Yeah, no, I I actually I, I am sold. Zachary's to Jacksonville. I'm liking it, uh, and I think as long as they, as long as they go with a wide uh, wide receivers that aren't coming back from injuries, and they don't just paint the team full of question marks, that um, it, that that they can. So how they much, can turn this around? So how much room do they have? How much room do they have? Oh, the Jaguars have a lot. Like what cap space? The, the Jaguars have a lot of room. Um, it's. The old so reports here's, have it around so here's what I, newer reports have it around uh it's over 40 on newer reports so why here's a you know that number is constantly fluctuating at this point in, uh, in time during the year so. so why don't you go why don't you go and basically go to jc jackson you know get yourself a real true lockdown corner because and then also Jackson grab yourself to play for a team in contention. He's not going to play for the Jaguars. He's actually made it clear. I think JC Jackson. I thought JC Jackson would just want to play where he can get paid. And then no, uh, also. Ring. So what about uh JC or sorry, what about Jacoby Myers? Does Jacoby Myers uh, fit what Jacksonville's looking for, especially if they get a Zach Ertz instead? I think Jacoby Myers is what every team looks for, you know, a solid number two, maybe three wide receiver that's not going to complain about not getting the end zone catches. Is that what everybody wants? Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So but, um, that, that, that's enough time for Jacksonville. I think it's it's pretty obvious that they, uh, they can rebuild that offensive line in the draft. We we both like Zach Ertz as a name going to the Jaguars. So we 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 gave some content that maybe other shows aren't giving at this point in time, and uh, we agree on the the whole that it needs to be a reliable veteran who doesn't have an injury history, uh, doesn't need to be a superstar. Um, they can develop you know their young talent into into the dynamic uh, you know into the dynamic stars on that offense. So. Uh, moving right along, the Houston mm-hmm. Texans. There's a lot to talk about with Houston. So um, Houston, like like the Jaguars, uh, no, actually not like the Jaguars, does not have 
uh, the most amount of money to play with in the world, but they do have ways to make that uh, a little bit better. Uh, one of the ways to make that better is by with the trade of Deshaun Watson. And uh, I, I'm going to give you two spots that uh, now we, we have to we have to remember Deshaun Watson has no trade clause. So he has to be willing to waive the no trade clause, which could restrict the team that he's going to. I don't for a minute believe that um, that they're going to move him in confidence to someone. Uh, because why would you? You don't want to have, if you're able to rebuild the team, you don't want to have to go through him before the Super Bowl. Right. And I think they need to get a, I think they're going to prefer teams that gets them a stud running back, back in return. From Deshaun Watson's perspective, Seattle makes a ton of sense to, to veto anything that isn't Seattle. Or to veto anything. Seattle makes sense. What? Seattle makes sense. Are you completely out on the Panthers making sense for? No, 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 no. I, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm coming back. To, I'm coming back to the Panthers because I don't know if Deshaun Watson's gonna waive his no trade clause for the Panthers or the Giants. But if we have trade rumors about Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley loosely out there at this current point in time. Why wouldn't you do a trade that gets you Saquon or CMC back and makes Watson the quarterback for the Giants or the Panthers? I believe the Panthers. Uh, I believe that the you could you could potentially sell Watson on either. It's just about his willingness to uh, to go along with it. I think Watson or the Giants though are out on Watson. Are they definitely out on Watson? I, I didn't see anything that said that one way or another. Is there I thought the Giants were one of the teams making the big push for Watson at one point in time. They were at one point, but then the uh, Giants current general manager and ownership said that they're out on Watson. There's they said he doesn't fit the call that they're looking for. Whatever the heck that means. Like, I think that's code for you may have possibly been real, like a real dirty person, and we don't want you in our locker room because we don't want to have to deal with that in the future. Okay. So. I mean, the Panthers, though, to me, make them. The Panthers make a lot of sense to me. The Matt only Rule's part of the Panthers that makes sense to me is: is Watson going to waive the no trade clause for the Carolina Panthers? Oh, if Christian McCaffrey isn't there anymore. Yeah, that's a great question because you're right talking at it like McCaffrey's there, but McCaffrey, at the end of the day, he's going. I think he's going to end up somewhere. Um, I actually have Chris McCaffrey in the Buffalo, but that's a different podcast that we could have talked about three weeks ago. No, but McCaffrey wasn't on the table then. Um, Chris McCaffrey will not end up in Buffalo. There, there, there is. I, I'm surprised you didn't hear the really strong name that's gonna that's being associated with Buffalo right now. 
like actual links as opposed to rumors. Kareem Hunt. Who, who is that? What was that? I said, what name is that? Kareem Hunt. Oh, that'd be good. So, okay, so the Texans need a lot, though. <laughs> they, yeah, I, I know this Texans need a lot, but we're, we're going to go with the theory that it's Davis Mills here, too. You're going to give him McCaffrey in the backfield. Um, they did just bring back Kirksey. Like I, and the truth is, the Texans were never going to rebuild in one season as it was anyway, which doesn't make any sense for why you would bring in McCaffrey, other than the fact that they feel like they need a. It seems like they feel like they need a running game. If they can get so, that deal done with the, if they can get that deal done with the Panthers without Christian McCaffrey coming back. With maybe uh, what's his face? Who, who's the backup? Uh, Chuba Hubbard. With a Chuba Hubbard yep. and a lot of other pieces coming back, then I I actually love that trade for both teams, and I think that Deshaun Watson would approve that. Um, I'm still not certain that that puts anything as far as Carolina in contention this year, because for the main concern that. Watson could be facing an upwards of eight game suspension. I, I would guess it's going to be six because there's about as much uh, comparing it to the, the Ezekiel Elliott and, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger cases. It, it almost, it almost seems like it's going to be six. Um, I'm not sure the Panthers team could, well, I mean, they did they did start three and one with Sam Darnold at quarterback last year. Um, and who else in that vision for the Panthers? I don't know. I mean, maybe like I, I don't I don't think that you know it's I, I know that I know I even I give a lot more credit to Tom Brady now, but I still think that Tampa team is set up to win with 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 a good uh, with a decent quarterback. So I would still have, even with Watson in there, I would still have Tampa as the favorite. Okay. My point was they can make it six. They can make it six games while they wait for their quarterback. Yeah. Uh, it really all depends on how nice or how mean the schedule makers are to them, the first six weeks of the season. And I, I get it that there's people listening that uh, are are saying that. Uh, Watson's going to be suspended for more or less or not at all. Um, we don't know Shaq about what's going on right now. So really, uh, the, the ruling caught, uh, except those who were huge supporters of Deshaun Watson, which clearly there were, uh, if you look at Twitter, unless it's a bunch of troll accounts, um, the ruling really caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, other people say it didn't catch it, them by surprise, but you know, because there, there couldn't be enough evidence and, you know, uh, allegations on this level is a lot of, he said, she said, so I, I get that. But, um, those people are also saying we're in very uncharted, uh, waters when it comes to well, what the suspension is going to be. So, so really anyone who's pretending to know what the suspension is going to be, doesn't really, is just kind of talking out of their butt right now. Um, <sighs> 
isn't that legitimately what we're doing with this podcast? We're just spitballing, throwing ideas out there. Not really. We're basing it off of we're, we're basing it off of stuff that uh, any time that uh, we we are talking to come to a conclusion, and we and we come to a conclusion like when we come to a conclusion, we're really not talking out of our butt. We're making informed decisions, right? I mean, yeah, but we're. I just want to answer the question before. Somebody that's listening was like, uh, that's exactly what you're doing right now. So we, we have not made so, any, I mean, I have definitely tried not to make any claims that are not based on anything. So what we're, we're on next, um, we got rabbit trail here a little bit under Sean's trial again. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, really, the, the the big thing with with the Houston Texans is going to be to see what they can get. Like, we don't know where they're a player in free agency because we don't know if the trade is going to happen this week. And there's a lot in limbo with Houston Texans when free agency opens. If Watson's not traded yet, or if they don't have a strong offer, that they're they're not going to be a huge participant. Uh, it, it's kind of the point I, I was I was going to be making there because. They don't know how much money they they are working with at this point in time. Um, obviously, we've been talking about Carolina, so that there's a transition there. But you know, the truth is, unless this trade gets done in the next four days, five days, um, it's really just kind of going to kind of freeze the the quarterback market as a whole for for teams that believe that they have a shot at Watson team or have a shot and want a shot at Watson. So I think one of the things that we're going to learn, he is very relevant to this conversation. So one of the things we're going to learn is who believes they're in the Watson sweepstakes. We're going to, we're going to know that. Uh, we're going to know that by Wednesday at 9 PM. That's a very fair statement, right? But I think every team in the NFL understands it's a sweepstakes, and you you got to play the game. So I I I worry for the Texans that they're going to wait too long, and teams are going to have to deal pass them by because there's other guys and every quarterback that gets taken away, you know, like Jimmy G and those guys. Like that, Jimmy G is going to end up with a team that is now out of the Sean Watson conversation. So the Texans have to preparing to make this kind of a trade, of course, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's the Texans that are holding it up. I think it's the other teams that are holding it up because they want to see a little more about the Deshaun Watson uh, of what's going on as far as is he facing misdemeanors, uh, what what kind of suspension are we potentially looking at? Because the more information there is on the legal level, the the more information there will be on the NFL level. Uh, right now, any team that is Any team that is in on, uh, definitely in on Deshaun right now, has to pay as if he's going to be playing the whole season when he might miss upwards of half. I is there a team desperate enough to to do that? 
I think if you do look at some teams like I know I said our, that they've said they're out, but if you look at teams like the New York Giants, this is a bad. This is a lost year anyway. Yeah. So afford to spend eight games without Deshaun Watson because you're waiting. You're building for 2020 instead. Yeah. So really I think Deshaun in Miami. About, I, I I think that teams like the Panthers are going to wait on it. I think the teams like the Seahawks, like the Seahawks, know that Mitch Trubisky isn't going to go in and put them back into the playoffs. Or at least I think they like. Do, do you think Mitch Trubisky? Let's talk about Seattle for a moment. Do you think Mitch Trubisky in in Seattle is going to put them into the playoffs? No, I I feel like Seattle's Seattle should not. They should have figured a way to make it work with Russ rather than unload him. They got a haul for him now. Wait, like they they actually they had a for Russ. <sighs> But I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think they're relevant anymore. Yeah, I'm like, um, I mean, maybe Jameis Winston. Maybe Jameis Winston. Because you have Lockett, you have a guy like Metcalf who's big, a guy like Lockett who's fast. You have uh, uh, Noah Fant now, part of it. You have a running game to take some of the pressure off. So maybe Winston can take them to that promised land. Uh, but, uh, you know, since we're on Seattle right now, uh, let, let's take a moment to give Seattle what it's due. Um, uh, their handling of the Bobby Wagner release was utterly despicable. It was utter BS. Like in, in all perfect honesty, uh, how you, you have a top five Seahawk of all time and you cut him without letting him know that he was cut. And he finds out on Twitter that you cut him. That is completely unacceptable. He did his his general reaction, like uh, he he basically uh, he basically came out and said that he had no clue that there was even a discussion going on about him. Right. Like how how does how does something like that happen? Like you know why does something like that like what well like could could they not have renegotiated with him like. It, or is this just one of those things where it's kind of like, well, we think he's getting old, so we don't want to renegotiate at all because we think we might have a replacement for him. So we're just going to let him go without telling him because obviously we we, we, we owe him some sort of explanation, but he's going to want to re- renegotiate and we don't want to renegotiate. So let's just save ourselves the problem and take the coward's way out and ju- just cut him without letting him know. Like, really, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I think it's complete garbage that, you know, you have a guy that's – you're going to retire his number at some point, or, and you're going to want to have that ceremony to do that for him. Yeah. Is he going to be willing, is he going to, be willing to come back to let you do that? I don't know. No. Like, like, like the guy they, is going I, into the Hall of Fame with a, Seattle, with a Seahawks jersey on at this current point in time. Like, it's – I don't know. Do better, Seattle. Like <laughs> it's almost like you know, you look at it and almost think like, man, this is going to be like a Calvin Johnson type relationship with Detroit now. Yeah, where the guy's going to go into the Hall of Fame with this NFL shield rather than a team. 
you know, it's funny because when, when I saw the, when I got done with the celebrations and everything yesterday and, and I looked down to look at the Deshaun Watson news and I noticed Bobby Wagner was trending also. I saw the Bobby Wagner news. Everyone who listens to the show knows how I feel about Deshaun. I was so much more pissed off by the Bobby Wagner news than I was the Watson news. Because I, I just don't like, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> uh, makes no sense so I, I, I mean yeah all you have to do, all they had to do was just reach out to the guy and say hey listen appreciate everything you've done with us we we love you we're gonna miss you but uh we're not gonna be able to get this done right now you know we're gonna have to part ways and i feel like bobby wagner would have been the type of guy that would you know he would have wanted to restructure but even at that point, they say, we can't really restructure this. I feel like Bob Wagner is also still the type of guy that would be like, man, that sucks. But I, I get it. I respect it. Now there's, there's, there was nothing redeemable about the way this happened. They, 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 in right? one way, they to, the, to one of the best fan bases in the league, probably the best fan base in the league, they showed utter cowardice in cutting the, the last tide of the Legion of Boom. And they traded away the franchise. Right. I'm boycotting if I'm a Seahawks fan this year. <clears throat> but man, they got a king. Like I'm saying, they got a lot for Russ. They 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 got the Broncos to overpay. And yet somehow I still I still feel the trade benefits the Broncos much more than than the Seahawks. <laughs> Well, I think the thing is that now the Seattle Seahawks have put themselves in a position where they could lose this trade. It's now we're find out, we'll be able to answer in a couple of years how it went based upon what they got for Wilson here. Now, what yeah. what did those turn into? So, but as, as far I as think, overall, like I don't know if uh, I'm not willing to say what where I think the Seahawks are going. Other than quarterback, like I don't know if they, if if they're in on the Deshaun thing. I don't know if I, I I'm the logically you would think that they're in on the Deshaun thing, but if it's gonna drag out, then maybe Winston's a better fit. Any way you look at it, bringing in the uh, bringing in the edge rusher, bringing in uh, bringing in the quarterback have to be the priorities and. You have to make that offensive line a little bit better. And, yeah, uh, you know, Seattle has gone from being the worst offensive line in the league to a to a top 20 offensive line, you know, uh, floating right, right at the middle or right below the middle. But the next quarterback, whoever it is, is not going to be able to be Russell Wilson to get out of that trap. So you're going to have to make the line a little better, too. So you like Jameis Winston more than Drew Locke? I don't think Drew Locke's anything. Okay. If Seattle thinks that they got their quarterback in that trade, then good for them. Like you know, it's if the Colts think that Colin Kaepernick is 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 going is going to be their answer, then good for them. They know some. They they have they clearly have people working for them that are much more knowledgeable about this stuff than I am. I'm not even going to talk against that. I'm. Uh, because, you know, I, I don't know enough about where Drew Locke really is at this current point in time 
I I assume that he's a bust, but um, you know, it's it's not one of those things I'm gonna stick my neck out over. You get what I'm saying, like. So if they see if they decide that Drew Locke is their day one quarterback, and you know, going back to the Colts, if they decide Cap is their game their day one quarterback, then they clearly see something I don't, and I will wait eagerly to to see if I am wrong. Um, okay. So I feel like this has transitioned us pretty well though to Denver. Yeah, this is we've been talking about Denver the whole time. Um uh he already has a better offensive line than he's had over the course of the last career. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> and it's not even like the Broncos are a great offensive line. It's just um there's less of a need to fix the the, the problems there are with that offensive line with Russell Wilson's the quarterback. But yeah, getting a piece would be nice. Um yeah, getting an edge rusher would be nice. This, this, you know what? Real, this really does. This gives Denver money because they have a lot of money to spend. This gives Denver money to buy a state-of-the-art linebacker core and edge rusher. I'm talking. I, I'm talking about targeting the top guys in the edge rusher market. Whether it's whether it's Chandler Jones or, um, you know. Um, Harold Blandry, Hassan Reddick, and it still allows you to add Bobby Wagner or Devondre Campbell into the middle of that defense. This allows you to bring back whoever you need for that secondary. Like there are people losing, but there are people still in place. Uh, a Kareem. Th- this makes a. Uh, this makes a uh, a Kareem Jackson much easier to sign back. Like, honestly, Denver's going to have money left over and is going to have the most stacked defense in the AFC. And one and of the better it, though. You, in order to even compete with this, the rest of this division, you have to have one of the top defenses in the league, right? Like this, this division is so stacked. I get how stacked this division is, but if I were a Denver Broncos fan in the current situation, versus if I were a Chargers fan or a Raiders fan, I am feeling much better about my chances this season. Okay. And I'm also somewhere in the back of my, if I'm a Denver Broncos fan, I'm not a New York Jets fan. So I have a little bit of Denver bias. I'm thinking I take down Kansas City this year. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a lot to try to try to think, right? Was, I'm thinking there's no reason so cool. I can't get Bobby Wagner or Devondre Campbell to be the captain of that defense. I'm thinking there's no reason I can't get the best head rusher on the market. I'm thinking I don't need to touch the offense because I just added Russell Wilson and then just finish the rest of that money on making that secondary so locked down mm-hmm. that they cause a problem uh, that they cause a problem for any elite quarterback they're going against. 
and I know I have about 90 million to play with to make this happen. And, and that's a lot of money. Like that is, that's a lot of money. Right? My only thing that so would you hold me back is if I didn't believe in Russell Wilson anymore. So they need to go get, they need to go get themselves like a J.C. Jackson, right? And and they can, they can get J.C. Jackson, they can get Bobby Wagner. Like the the Russell Wilson connection is already there. Like in all perfect honesty, like Bobby Wagner just makes a whole ton of sense for the Denver Broncos, in my opinion. Uh, and they, they can get one other stud, get an offensive line piece. We already we have talked about these Denver receivers for the better portion of two years now, how if they ever got a quarterback to throw them the ball, they're already set and ready to go. We believe in Javonta Williams as a three-down back, but we also believe in the Denver Broncos to develop another back to go along with him anyway. I'll say the word of this whole thing that I think was bad was I get Vant back to Seattle was not was not a good call for them. There had to be another piece that Seattle was willing to take, and you still get to keep Noah Fant. But now you lost you've lost a guy that that is in some very next level ability at the end. I agree that Fant has has shown the flashes of next level ability. But my question is how, how longer, how much longer were they supposed to like Seattle asked for Kent in the trade clearly, clearly like Denver probably didn't just offer Kent up um, with everything else they were offering. Seattle had to target Kent there. Uh, if Kent was the reason why the trade happened, I would have to believe that um you have to overlook the potential of what he could be and really look at what he has been. And he's, he's a good tight end, but he's not. How often does a good tight end who isn't an elite tight end truly make a difference in a championship run? Oh, well, there, there was a whole slew of Buccaneer tight ends in that championship run. Okay. So maybe I'm very off of that last statement. I like how you just had that full, you just had that full debate with yourself. Like I was letting my cat out of my bedroom to go because she was crying. And you had that whole debate by yourself. I did I, I served no purpose. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, okay, fair enough. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm not sure that giving up that is costing the Broncos a title. Oh no, I'm not saying it's costing them a title. I'm thinking it makes it harder to win one. <clears throat> so I'm not saying it, like, oh I man. I think if Russ dials back the clock, it's vintage Russ because he actually has because he actually has a better overall surrounding than he's had in the last five years with Seattle. Um mm-hmm. and I get I get DK Metcalf is much better than what it looks like DK Metcalf might be much better than any of the Broncos receivers, but we haven't seen Russell Wilson throwing the Portland Sutton or Jerry Judy or, or Tim Patrick yet. So how do we know DK Metcalf is better? 
we, we've literally seen these guys <laughs> throw, thrown to by, by bottom five quarterbacks in the league, uh, like their whole careers. Right. What's crazy is that in order for them to get a top tier quarterback, they had to get Elway out of the out of the decision making ability. You would assume that he would want that top tier quarterback. Instead, he was the guy that was holding you. Yeah, uh, it's it is kind of funny. So you know, really, when it comes down to it, edge rusher Wagner, Jackson finished. And that puts you well with ninety ten- million to play with. You want- what was that? <laughs> with ninety million, to- with ninety million to play with, you bet you might as well get a couple more pieces, right? Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like they can make this team even better than what we're anticipating. Like honestly, the tra- they're going to be really fun to watch. And who knows? By the end of free agency and by the end of the draft, you know. But when we're really sitting down to analyze these teams, we might both be Bronco believers in June. That's true. ESPN, NFL.com, they might all be Bronco believers come June. And then PFL will release the grades and everyone will say, oh, the Raiders are really good. (laughs) So currently, uh, odds to win the Super Bowl. The Denver Broncos are fifth. I was about to say that you should have had me guess because I was going to say top five. Yep, fifth. And that's before they spend any money in the free agency period. Um, let, let, let's go. Let's go with a bold take. Broncos make the first move of free agency. Okay. And maybe that's not so bold because they have a lot of money and they have clear needs and. They're probably already in conversations, but to call any one of the 32 teams, I kind of feel is bold, right? I mean, yeah, when you're talking 90 million, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. No, to be to be clear though, they do not have to spend 90 million dollars. No, they don't. They do not have to spend I just, they, they can I just, roll it over for the following season and bring the whole thing back. <laughs> I just realized that uh, the Broncos was like, well, they can go Adam Thielen. They don't have room for Adam Thielen's team. Yeah, that is insane. That they're wide. They have so many wide receivers that Adam Thielen doesn't fit. You can't take him. Yeah. Wow. No, it's. And, you know, don't get me wrong, because Kansas City is still there. And Kansas City can address their needs this offseason. Uh, they, they, they're they going to be able to keep that offensive line around, and they're probably going to be able to get that wide receiver too, if they ever figure out who that wide receiver two is. Or they're going to be able to trade so, for one of those running backs. And, yeah. So Kansas City is currently number two. What was that? Oh, Kansas City is currently number two in the, in the betting favorites. With, with Buffalo being number one, right? Right. I was about to say, if Kansas City's two, Buffalo better be one. <laughs> uh, and, you know, once the Chiefs make that, once the Chiefs make whatever trade that's going to be, like if they can land Saquon or if they can land CMC, um, 
or if they can steal Hunt from Buffalo or, you know, whatever the move is going to be, because I kind of feel that the Chiefs are going to get that running back this time around. Um, do I think it would be better served on the defensive side? You know, honestly, I'm not even 100% sure because when, when the Chiefs, if the Chiefs can add a wide receiver two and a running back, they only have to have an average defense, right? Yeah, but this is a division where you could realistically say you have to put up 35 a game. Or versus Denver, yeah, right, like, 28. Yeah, like this is this is a solid this is a solid division. So like to put it in perspective, right? Um, I still have it pulled up here. In the preseason betting odds, in the top eight, this division has three teams. Yep. Three out of the top eight teams are in this division. And uh, and the fourth team made the playoffs last year. Yeah. However, they're currently behind teams like Miami, Washington, the Saints. Like, they're pretty far down there. It's, it's kind of crazy that they're behind teams like Washington and the Saints at this point in time. Um, I'm just throwing that out there. Quick, quick math. Uh, quick math. They are team number 21. Yeah. And I don't think that's because I don't think that's because they're bad. I think that's that's how much that's how good this division is. Well, I mean, they need a big time wide receiver. Uh. They don't need any real help on the offensive line, to my knowledge. They need help in the secondary. They need that big-time wide receiver. If they can – one of the big steps that can get them back into this division, if they're able to convince J.C. Jackson that, that you can get a ring there, if they can bring in – who are the wide receiver ones that are left at this point in time? Is there a wide receiver one left? Like, they're clearly not going down. I think you can make a case – you could make yeah. a case for Adam Thielen, couldn't you? You could make a case for Adam Thielen. Is he officially cut at this point in time? Not yet, but it's going to have to happen. Yeah. Um, OBJ. How OBJ long is it going to take him to get back, though? I don't know. Um, But you feel like you could work with Renfro and Waller until OBJ comes back, right? Right. So, because OBJ, Renfro, I heard this comparison Waller, the other day. Jacobs. Renfro is not Cooper Cup. I heard that comparison the other day that he's, he's going to turn himself into a Cooper Cup level. Renfro is not Cooper Cup and will never be Cooper Cup. But he, will, he is going to be Julian Edelman, Wes Welker. Which is still pretty freaking good. And you know, that, here, that's there's good. actually a couple of things he does that uh, Cooper Cup doesn't do. That, like block. That, that, no, that you know, well, that and uh, he also he also has that weird triple step thing. Um, you could probably YouTube Renfro triple step. It, it's it's a very shifty goal line move that unless you have two guys on him is almost always a completed pass. 
It's almost okay. inhuman what he does with his ankles on that play. And it's always used on either third down or goal line. So it's uh Oh jeez. Are you watching it? Oh jeez. Yeah, I just watched it. Yep, you told me I could find it on YouTube, so I went and found it on YouTube. Yeah, do yourself a favor. So Hunter Renfro triple step. It's it's nasty and no other oh. receiver in the league does it. Cooper Cup is the only one that comes close. It it actually looks like his ankles are both broken. And yet it's more likely that he'll break the ankles of the people covering him on that play than, than his own. Like he like that is insane. His yeah. his ankles look shattered. But they're not. No, th- thank you for making me watch that video. That that was definitely the best, like, one of the most random YouTube videos that somebody has recommended to me in a long time that actually turned out to be worth the watch. And that's the whole reason why he's not going to disappear after this season. He's going to continue to be probably the number one third down receiver in the league for the rest of his career. Yeah, that's like almost, that is unguardable. You, you just need a guy who can stretch the field. So, Michael Gallup, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and then shore up that secondary on that defensive line. You already got Denzel Perryman making every tackle imaginable in behind uh, in behind Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, you want to bring in a defensive tackle to shore up the center on that rushing game, which, by the way, we didn't uh, talk about the Chargers yet, but the Chargers still have to very much address, even with Mack and Bosa, that they have to make sure that they bring in the players that uh, that shore up that run defense. Uh, I'm thinking Devondre Campbell and Elias Campbell. Uh, Bobby Wagner sounds like a good name. Uh, maybe a BJ Hill, a DJ Reader, the guys who just know how to clog up the center of that defense. So they, they yeah, definitely still need that. For them, you know, we could act like the Chargers can be relevant if they get a run defense. The Chargers will not be relevant until they get a head coach. Yeah, that's one of the biggest, like, that. that's why I'm already willing to put Denver into the number two spot because I believe Brandon Staley will cost them enough games um, in an important spot. Like, Brandon Staley could have easily been 0-2 versus Kansas City last year because of his play calling, not because of the Chargers, not because of the Chargers play. Um, he lost a, uh, we're not going to go into that last game of the season again because that, that last game of the season was a very was a very unique circumstance. But when, when he's gonna overmanage if he's going to continue to overmanage and throw dice at, at any given point in time during the game, he is going to cost the Chargers. He, the Chargers could be the fourth-best team in the division next year with having the second-best talent. With potentially, having, have the fourth with potentially having the best talent. Like, I, I don't even... 
when I say second best talent, I'm not sure that like, um, I'm not even, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to try to stack up the talent of this division and say who has the most talent. I, I think some people would say it's obvious that it's Kansas city and it's kind of like, well, past the top five players on the team. <laughs> like, Oh, I agree with that. Kansas, Kansas city is stacked up top, but they fall off very hard, very quickly and become pretty average. Yeah. But, um, you know, re- really when it comes down to it, uh, but yes, the Chargers, for the sake of free agency, because we're not breaking down the divisions, uh, the Raiders and the Chargers are going to be following sec- uh, similar paths. They're, uh, they're both going to be looking for that lockdown cornerback. J.C. Jackson is clearly going to the AFC West at this point in time because, because three, of the four teams, uh, three of the four teams need him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Actually, all four teams need him, but one of the teams probably can't pay him. So... <laughs> Um, Raiders and Chargers could both use the defensive tackle. The Raiders have the linebacker behind. They both have the, the stud pair of edge rushers. Though I would argue that it's – I'm not going to – I'm going to just flat out say this. It's great that you got Khalil Mack, but Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, might not be better than Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn. Well, there's a reason that they got Khalil Mack for the price they got him for. Yeah. And it's because he's aged. He's aged, you know. Yeah. People keep talking about Khalil Mack, but it, they're they're referring to five-year-ago Khalil Mack, and they just can't break their head away from that. And Robert Quinn is one of the oh. most underrated defensive ends in the league. If you look at his PFF grades, you consistently see that he is, he is a top 10 in applying pressure, a top 10 in hits, just it doesn't always convert to sacks for him. He, he's actually better at getting pressure on the quarterback these, than Joey Bosa. It's if just Joey Bosa to win, win like Jason line. Jackson. Oh, sorry. Right. If it, if any of these teams could win, Jadavion Clowney and J.C. Jackson, I think that would be that'd be huge. You, this you need to have top like on paper a top ten defense will still be not that great because of this the stats from these offenses, you need to have the best defense in this division. It's just all there is to it. Because well, Denver, everybody else Denver is going to be going able to, to score have the best defense team. in that division. You're just already – you feel confident saying that with they now? But they have to get the line back. Okay, I already have Bobby Wagner definitely in Denver. Like, if you want to know my lock of free agency, like, it's Bobby Wagner to Denver. If that somehow turns out to not be true, then then I'm not sure what I'm talking about there. But you have to still remember, they still have lockdown components. Like, they still have Justin Simmons. They have a, they have a year two Patrick Sertan and – Let's face it, Patrick Sertan did exactly what I said he was going to do in the second half of last season at the beginning of the season. So um, it's not going to be long before we're talking about Patrick Sertan as the top cornerback in football. It might be by the end of the season. So, and I get the other pieces of that secondary are, are, are leaving, but I'm anticipating 
a re-signing or two in, in this coming week from that secondary, especially if, or right after it, once they show that they can get the linebacker. And the other thing that the, uh, the Broncos have that the Raiders and the Chargers don't have in competition for that top defense is the fact that they already, that they have so much more money than the other two. And they don't necessarily have to spend it on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think that you've turned me into a Denver believer. Well, and again, we need to make sure that they do the right moves this free agency because, you know, if uh, Denver trickles in at around six o'clock and says, guess what, guys? We just signed uh, Alan Robinson. <laughs> So we, we, we're just we're giving them credit um, that they're going to do the right thing. Um, but yeah, so I think we just blew through the whole AFC West, right? Uh, my my one I final question yeah. is: if the Chiefs can't make a big trade for a running back, James Conner fit what they have? I think James Conner it's the same mold that they've had for the last several years, right? Like. Just a meh, uh, meh running quarterback, but they almost they almost don't need a superior running game because they have on like with Kelsey and Hill and you know Holmes like they don't really necessarily need that top running back. Though they had that, you know I do think they on first and goal from the five and uh, I feel like Connor uh, fills the role of that first and goal from the five very well, right? Right. Yep, he does. Which is why I specifically picked him over any other running back that's on the free agency list. Well, uh, I guess that, my question to you is, Mike, how the over under on primetime games for this division? What would you? How many do you think it's going to be? I'll say six. Is I'll say six and a half. You got the over, taking the over or the under for that? Six and a half for primetime games for this division. Okay, so that's not uh, – if the Denver's play the Broncos in primetime, that counts as one game, not two, right? Right. So, uh, And I'm throwing out the Thursday night because every team in the league gets thir- a Thursday night game. So you're talking about Sunday night football so, or Monday night football? Yep, just Sunday night and Monday night. How many weeks do we have of an opt-in schedule at the end of the year? It's So you're saying that's a guaranteed two, right? I I think that uh, the AFC West gets two opt-ins at the end of the year. Um, Kansas City Buffalo is definitely going to be prime time. Yeah. Kansas City, Tennessee is definitely going to be prime time. Ash, I don't know if it's definite. You have to assume that, uh, because you have to assume that the schedule makers are going to want to give Ross a primetime debut, right? Yeah. 
Uh, do the I'll Broncos count the play, opening? The Broncos play the Seahawks this year. <laughs> I don't know. Let me look at that real quick. You're six and a half. I would almost know if the West are, uh, it might be way too low if the West are playing each other. I feel like they wouldn't have made the move if they weren't playing each other this year. Yet the Colts and the uh, the Commanders are playing each other this year. So it's oh, hold on. I'm popping it open here. They are not playing in Seattle. Okay, so what? Which division are they playing? Uh, they got the it, it's. Which, the by Rams the way, division. they could end up playing Seattle because we don't know what the seventeenth game is. Oh nope. Sorry, they are playing the Seattle. They are playing Seattle. Okay, so it's it's easy over six and a half if the West are playing the West because you have the matchups with the Rams in there. You have Russell's return to Seattle. You have the 49er matchups in there. Uh, there's there's yep. too much going on. Uh, LA versus LA might get prime, might get prime time. Six and a half is yeah. Almost, so you you you're not making me think until you say eight and a half. Wow. So you're saying that you know at eight and a half to put that in perspective, it's every other week. Uh, or two on some weeks, but you're you're averaging every other week. Yeah, you're you're averaging every other week, and a lot of that comes down to we know that Kansas City is going to get their primetime games versus the elite of the AFC. Kansas City, Los Angeles Rams, uh, or Los Angeles Chargers, Los Angeles Rams is going to get prime time. Russ Seattle is going to get prime time. More than likely, Arizona's prime time games are going to come in division or in the AFC West. You got a lot of prime time yeah, players just, on all eight of those teams. And when you look at when you do look, I don't want to offend some of the listeners here, but when you look at the divisions or the conferences, <sighs> the NFC is far the worst conference by by outside of the top two or three teams in the end so the NFC has three of the top, has three of the top 15 yep three of the top 15 Super Bowl for uh, are from the NFC which puts the basically the first half of Super Bowl favorites are coming out of the AFC Yeah, which which also basically means every team that makes it the AFC is going to be fav- uh, is going to be favored over the team that clinches the fourth division in, in the NFC. Well, I mean, this is kind of what I was thinking. The third right? division. It, we're not even be able to accurately gauge the NFC the NFC this year, because or gauge teams because the AFC is so stacked. That the conference beat up on each other a little bit, and the NFC is going to have so many weak teams. But the AFC is the entire playoffs are going to be Super Bowl quality matches. I think. I feel like from the wild card game all the way through everything, it's going to be 
just Super Bowl level type games. And I'm excited for that. Let us uh, let us charge through the rest of the teams that we have not covered yet. We have gone through the whole AFC South. We have gone gone through the whole AFC West. Uh, we hit Carolina, uh, New Orleans. It, 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 they they can improve their team this offseason, but free agency is going to be a bit of a stretch when it really comes down to it. So um, it's going to be really hard for them to get under the cap in enough time, especially with how little movement there has been. The whatever free agency signing there's going to be is not going to be of great significance. When it comes down to Tampa Bay, a lot of people believe that they need a quarterback, Kyle Trask. Uh, I, I, I'm a Trask believer, but I still kind of feel like it is a that, that, that it might be a year away when it comes down to it. Um, where do you see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going for that free agent quarterback? Because clearly bringing, they clearly have a plan if they've already tagged Godwin. They, they still have Evans. It's got to be – and I, I kind of – I don't want to really hear that they're going to do Winston 2.0. Is this um, – No, it's going to be Trask. It, it's, it is Trask. It is Trask? Okay. Let's, they, let's drafted him in, they drafted him in the second round, and they gave him a year under Tom Brady. It, it's Trask. I mean, that is – mentorship is invaluable in this world, and they let their quarterback be mentored by the greatest of all time for an entire – So most of the but so as far as uh, Buccaneer moves in free agency, let me actually pull up how much uh, money that the Buccaneers have to play with at this point in time. I don't think it's a, a ton. Where uh, where would you like to see the Buccaneers spend whatever money that they have on the corners or the I'm sorry the safe the secondary their secondary was atrocious this year. Yeah, and they also. And I understand that a lot of. I understand. I understand some of that was due to just you know injury, but that was one of the worst secondaries we we've ever seen from a playoff team. You know they were a playoff team, (laughs) and their secondaries were bad. Oh, uh, New Orleans! uh, Quick quick fact check. has revealed that New Orleans is not in as bad of shape as I thought they were. Uh, they've actually been able to trim down to just $6.6 million over the cap at this current point in time. So, uh, you know, honestly, good for them. Who's coaching that team? What was that? Who's coaching that team this year? Uh, as of right now, it's not a name off the top of my head. Yeah, that, that's kind of my point. You're going to have to pay big money to get big name free agents to go there. It, it's not a it's not a Super Bowl contender. So you're looking at okay, that's not you're you're throwing out any of the guys that are ring chasing, and they have to be just looking at guys that are looking to get paid. Is New Orleans a team that's going to get a guy paid? We've already addressed the fact that they don't have the salary cap. So no. So what what I'm saying is New Orleans free agency is going to be below average and the other thing too is when you really evaluate the team there's not um there's not a ton of uh you know outside of bringing back the guys that they're going to be losing like a Taron Armstead um mm-hmm. there is no obvious this free agent works better than this free agent they're, they're clear right they're clearly going for uh depth like the you know they're, they're not they're Taysom Hill's going to be their quarterback this year a lot of that defense is coming back. Their wide receivers are 
they're not going to really make a splash for someone that much bigger than uh, Deontay Harris or Marquez Callaway. They're going to kind of hope that Michael Thomas comes back and, and that they have a receiving core. Like the, the, the team is very much in a spot where uh, they're looking more for depth pieces at this point in time anyway, because the money that they would have to spend to upgrade what they have, they don't have. Um, getting up the last team that did, well, so from a Tampa Bay perspective, Tampa Bay doesn't have a uh, Tampa Bay is still over the cap also just by 3.2 million. Um, it, that money clearly has to go to building a secondary. It's with uh, with the minds that they have there, like Todd Bowles may not have made it as a coach, but I, I feel like uh. Todd Bowles putting together a secondary if, if he has any input on it whatsoever. It's going to be players that aren't overly obvious to us from where we sit who are going to fill the roles much better. Does, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to pretend to be as yeah, good as building a secondary as Todd Bowles. So I'm just going to say, look for something that you might think is unorthodox that will work. Um, okay. When it comes down to Atlanta, uh, Atlanta's got to be looking for defensive help and a running back, right? Right. Like, if you were going to move on from Matt Ryan this year, you had to already make the trade, right? I think so, right? Like, it's yeah, it, it's too late. They they've botched it, man. I don't understand what's going on here. Like, I kind of feel like you, I really should have been, you, should, you probably should have been marketing Matt Ryan a while ago now. Um, right. I, I don't know what this is. I don't, I don't know how, like, how I, what I'm saying is I don't know how this works for them at this point. It's not a ton of money. Um, they have 16 million to play around with for me it seems kind of like if you can the free agency period has come and gone there are teams that are still aren't content with their quarterback because the, uh, they're waiting out the Deshaun Watson thing the Deshaun Watson trade happens you're sitting there on draft day there's a team that needs a quarterback you move Matt Ryan to get a, a, a pick or two and you just rebuild, and you put all the money you have into a rookie class, right? Yep. That's what you got to do. It's another rebuilding year down there, and is that the worst? Like, It's not the worst to rebuild, right? No. Uh, moving so to the West, that's just what they've got to do. Moving to the West, Los Angeles Rams are still over $20 million over the cap at this point in time. I know that uh, Aaron Donald called for bring back Von Miller, bring back o Odell, and, I, and I'll come back to the super team. But, you know, the, the truth of the matter is 20 million over, you're not bringing back Von Miller, you're not bringing back Odell Beckham Jr. Um, right. They're going to, they're, they're paying the price for, for, for trading draft picks for, uh, they're, they're paying the price for trading all those draft picks for, uh, veteran players that have salary now at this current point in time doesn't mean that they're going to be a bad team uh still have cooper cup 
still have uh, still have Matt Stafford, still have Jalen Ramsey, though Ramsey's just kind of been exposed in the big game at this point in time. They have Robert Woods coming back, still have Cam Akers. There's still plenty going on. Um, if you ask how you replace losing a guy like Aaron Donald on the defense, you don't. Like, there is no replacement. You can – and that's if you're able to bring in a big defensive tackle. You, you can't replace him. Um, you get sucked into the void if you don't bring in a big defensive tackle. Right? <laughs> like – Right. Yep. Um, I don't – I'm not 100% sure who that is. Uh, like, it's easy to say Kawhi's Campbell and go down the list of players whose names I've said multiple times, but the, the truth is the defense is going to need help. Mm-hmm. It's going to need a lot of help, and there is no easy – there, there is no easy solution to making that money. So until they have that money, um, I'm not going to – I don't feel the need to comment further off the ramps, which leaves us with the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers at this point. San Fran is going to Trey Lance at this point, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean – you have to assume that they traded so deep. They did so much away to try to see what Trey Lance is, right? I mean, you can't give up this early. Yeah, they're they're seven point eight million over the cap. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't think that they're. I, I don't think they necessarily have to give up at all. Like, I know that I've talked about uh, Tom Brady to San Francisco a few times, and I, I still think it could happen as a, as as an outside thing. But at the same point in time. Whether it's Tom Brady, you know, that's that's not getting made during free agency either way. So it's not part of the free agency portion of the show. Uh, the truth is it's either going to be Trey Lance. I don't Lance. think it's this year. What? I, I said I don't think it's this year. Okay. Well, it, one way or another, it's either going to happen much later or it's going to be Trey Lance. The question is where are they moving GM, uh, Jimmy G and what are they getting back for him? And – at this current point in time, like it's the Colts look like they're a dancing partner for that. I, I, I really like I don't know why I'm so caught up on Jameis Winston to Pittsburgh, especially when it sounds like it might be Trubisky. But I, I'd have to imagine that they're not going to that it's not going to be Jimmy G. Um, I don't think they have a problem. Moving, working with Jimmy G in in the um, in the NFC, but like I, I don't know what you're getting back. You're probably just getting some mid round draft picks, right? You're not uh, you're not getting a player back in the Jimmy G trade, right? Right, that's my guess. And when I look around the rest you're- of the coordinators have going on, it's where do, what do they really need to like address as far as Yes, they, they, they need to make sure that they um, replace whatever lineman they lose. But that's, you know, once again, they're still currently over the cap. And that's something that seems like it's more of a draft day thing than, uh, uh, than it would be a free agency thing. I see the 49ers being very quiet in this free agent period as a whole. 
Lisa says, yeah, Arizona Cardinals, the last team that we're talking about in the show. And it's pretty clear. They have, they have 5 million, 5.5 million cap space right now. They can create a little extra. What does Arizona need more than anything uh, with, with the fact that James Connor and, um, and what's his face, uh, the other running back, uh, Chase Edmonds are both leaving. They need a running back, right? Like, <laughs> right. Uh, they already said that they're not tagging Chandler Jones, so they probably need they probably need an edge rusher too, but uh, they, they cut Jordan Hicks. The truth is, though, not tagging Jordan uh, Chandler Jones, cutting Jordan Hicks, um, they have young players that they've been waiting to move up at those positions anyway. It really, to me, it looks like the money that Arizona is going to be spending is going to be is going to be trading for one of the big backs in play or signing or signing the backs that they think work with their system the best. Um, I'm shocked that James Conner has not been that, that we haven't heard any news of them trying to bring him, bring him back yet at this point in time, especially after the season they did with him, they probably feel like they have to pay too much. And it kind of feels like whatever the Cardinals roll out at running back, whoever the two running backs are, they seem to fill the role of what the Cardinals need that season. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Kingsbury has a system. Um, I, I almost look for him to pick up another has been back and revitalized, which, which would be which, – which makes you wonder how much more dynamic a uh, – a, a Saquon Barkley could be there than, than a James Conner. Um, I couldn't tell you who the backs are going to be. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's not based off anything because there, there's no logic that had that James Conner working out for them last year. Other than it's the Kingsbury system. So whoever it is, he's going to find somebody who, he's going to get those two backs. He's going to get them without hurting the uh, the cap space of the team at all and they're probably going to be successful and i can't wait to see which i i can't wait to see uh who he picks up for those roles because those are guys i'll be targeting in the mid late rounds of fantasy drafts okay so um anything to add on any of these teams no i'm just blown away about how good the AFC is and how crappy the NFC is. That, that yeah. is all. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, there, there's not much to say. Like, it, it, Don't get me wrong. The NFC still has their elite teams. So like, uh, the Rams are still mm-hmm. going to be good. The 49ers are still going to be you know, right in the thick of things at the end of the season. Um, same with the Packers, or, you know, at the end of the postseason, same with the Packers. Uh, uh, <laughs> the Buccaneers and Cardinals should be around, right? <laughs> should be. Uh, we don't trust Dallas to win a playoff game. So, okay, never mind. Uh, wow. <laughs> this, is, this is a really hard defense. Like, honestly, Deshaun Watson getting traded to Carolina makes uh, the NFC twice as good as it currently is. <laughs> Um. Uh, look at me. I got jokes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> oh, sound like yeah, my have... last comment would be if anybody, 
my last comment would be if any of our listeners really, really love me, you can buy me the Hogwarts uh, Lego chess set. It's $59.99. And it's, it's a real set, but it's also a real working chess board. Just saying. Somebody buy that for me. I'm begging. I'm literally begging. <laughs> and uh, now I know what the first thing I ever read out of the show is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 nothing's gonna get at, at this point in time if uh, if I've made it through a few of the ones I've already made it through. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. What was that? I said uh, there's been some rough ones. Yeah. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. Uh, make sure Wednesday three o'clock. Be be online. Call in. Watch this. It's, it's the live free agency show. It's all this that we've built up to over the course of the last month worth of shows or so. Yes, it's uh, all, all day. Well, all day, I mean, like three to eight. And I might extend the 830. You know, it depends on what's going on. And uh, if people are calling in, call in, be a part of the JML for Real experience. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, this will be the last show before that show because honestly, I'm going to be getting ready for that show more than anything else. If you, if there's more big news, make sure to check the TikTok channel because I will be, uh, be because uh, the TikTok channel will substitute for the shows that would be happening before that Wednesday show. But uh, yeah, everything is going into that Wednesday show. Um, next Friday, we do, will be recapping the. But uh, the, the later show that week, whether it's Friday or Saturday, we will be recapping what happened in the second and third days of free agency being open. So just tying that all together. Next week is all about the free agents. It's all about the free agency. And uh, if, if Aaron Rodgers uh, decides to try to splash in and steal a headline, we're not going to give it to him unless he agrees to be a part of the show. So, um which you know we, we're all expecting some sort of photo bomb from rogers this coming week uh so yeah um yeah uh and that's basically it thank you everyone for tuning in and listening thank you everyone for being a part of it thank you to world and sports to anchor and uh any final words mr berig uh no brandon stanley's still a joke <laughs> and we'll leave on that <laughs>